What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Are you good? No. Have you not noticed that yet? Welcome back to Gilmore to Consider with Tara and Haley. I'm Tara. This is Haley. Hi, Haley. Hi, Tara. We have a very special episode today. I know. I'm so excited. Our first guest. Our first guest on the pod. I feel like a lot of our followers know Clara. Clara and herself is her handle. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people, when they found out she was going to be on, messaged us because they were really excited. I know. Because she really loves Gilmore Girls. She does. But she is an influencer on both Instagram and TikTok. She's a million followers on TikTok, and she talks a lot about mental health Mm -hmm. and body positive. Activity Which we and love. kind of just like body neutrality, honestly. And she was one of the first people that I followed on TikTok. No way. Yeah. It wasn't me. No. How dare <laughs> It took me a while to find I'm you. Just kidding. <laughs> Finding her was great because I feel like it like told my algorithm kind of what I was interested in. And mm-hmm. I started getting a lot of like good mental health content after following mm. her. Love that. But then she commented on one of my TikToks and I found out that she loves Gilmore Girls and she watches it the same way that we do and Mm -hmm. as imagine all of our besties do, which is obsessively. um, (laughs) (laughs) Yes, factual. She posts a lot about watching it on her Instagram stories. Yes. Which is why we wanted to have her on because she has a lot of hot takes. She does have a lot of hot takes. Yeah, because she is a Logan girly, which you'll find out. Through and through. Yeah. Can't rock that boat at all. Cannot be shaken from being a Logan girly, trust and believe. <laughs> I experienced it firsthand. If anyone's ride or die for Logan, it is. is it really is. I didn't think I could ever meet someone who was more ride or die for Logan than you were. And then I yeah. met Clara. We we bonded on that quite a bit. <laughs> um, so she has a lot to say on Jess. She has a lot of hot takes on Boy, Jess. Which, does she? Just like spoiler alert, like Tara did not throw any hands you know no no I'm not not like that though like I I love my man Jess but I understand that he has a lot of flaws that people take issue with I I'll say that what she did say was not disparaging at all no definitely not I don't want to give any spoilers but I feel like if you are team Jess that maybe what she has to say might be really intriguing for you in consideration she brought up some things that I had never thought of before which I love. She also brought up a lot of things about worry that I had never thought about before that's mm. really affecting how I watch, like, as we're rewatching on Patreon, because Clara prefers Yale Rory over Chilton Rory. Yes, she does. Which is a hot take because not many people do. No, a lot of people love early seasons Rory. Yeah. But she has some really, really interesting explanations for why. And I'm very intrigued to see what our listeners think after hearing her out. I know. And we had a really fun time. Lots of laughs. Very few no sparkly hearts. Yeah. A couple, but we love. We have to have a no sparkly heart every once in a while. So here's more to consider with Clara. Hi, Clara. Hi. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, we're so happy to have you here. I know. I'm like, I'm thinking every time that Haley says that she almost says, hi, Haley, <laughs> I'm like about to be like, hi, Clara. <laughs> it's so real. Like, I literally have to like sit here and focus. Like the whole time she's saying it, I'm like, hi, Tara, hi, Tara, hi, Tara, hi, Tara. Like I don't hear anything she says until it's silent. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so glad that you are like such a 
like fan of the podcast to come on and talk to us because you know the no sparkly heart (laughs) I know that you have a lot of hot takes but first I'm excited for our guests who maybe don't know who you are to know more about you because we met on TikTok much like Tara and I Claire and I also met on TikTok so that's where that's my favorite place to make friends these days is on TikTok (laughs) so tell us a little bit more about yourself, Clara. Yeah, so my name is Clara and herself on like TikTok and Instagram. That's also what you are in my phone as Clara and herself. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> I'm obsessed with that. That's amazing. Um, I make like a lot of like mental health, body confidence, marriage content, like just pretty much everything at this point in my life. Yes, you just got married. Congratulations. You're newlywed. Thank you. Two months, which is so weird to think about. I'm like an adult. It doesn't feel real. Oh, your dress was beautiful. I saw the pictures. Yeah. It looked like such a magical day. Thank you. The video. I cried. Oh, stop. <laughs> that's so sweet. You guys are awesome. We love love. But yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. I just, I'm obsessed with Gilmore Girls. This podcast is like my comfort podcast. I try to like stockpile episodes. <laughs> this sounds so weird, but like, have you ever like been going on a road trip or something and all of a sudden you want to listen to like a lot of podcast episodes, but you're too caught up on your favorite podcast? Yes. So like, I try to stockpile you Oh, guys, I love it. And then like, I was obviously coming on to be a guest and was like, oh my God, no, like I, I've been stockpiling like the past few weeks. Like, what am I doing? But I hate being like on time. Does that make sense? Do you guys ever do that? Yes. Oh my God. I do that actually with TV shows. If I know that they come out week to week, which is kind of rare these days, but I think that more streaming platforms are starting to do that. If I know that it's happening, I will almost like stop myself from watching it for a couple weeks just so I can save it and like binge it at once because I don't know, that just yes. makes my heart happy. I love binging stuff. It's kind of like the content version of like an emergency fund you know yeah, like it's just yeah. like there's like one day when you like might need it Claire my mom does the same thing like when she drives to Florida to see my sister she like saves up the episodes so she can like listen to me talk the entire way down there exactly <laughs> wow that made my heart really happy she's one of our most loyal listeners that's so cute I love it so tell us about your relationship with Gilmore Girls Claire I know that you kind of started watching it a little later in life yes but you are like us and that you like watch it very obsessively yeah so I'm like 25 so I was pretty young when Gilmore Girls started coming out and also I was like barely speaking English I immigrated over from France wow I didn't know that yeah I started watching it in like uh 2014 and this is why I have like such a weird relationship with it is because it was my freshman year of college it was winter break and obviously I'd seen it on TV, you know, who right. hasn't? Like I'd sure. watched episodes on TV and been like, oh my God, this is so cute, like whatever. But I had just gotten dumped by this like junior in college, right? Like I was a freshman, I met him, I thought he was so hot and perfect. Of course. He dumped me, broke my heart. I'm back in my hometown, like major FOMO, like thinking about college. I'm like, I can't believe I'm home right now. Like I don't know what to do with all my free time. And then I was like, this seems like a really good time to binge Gilmore Girls. I was, <laughs> yes. I just like felt like a calling to it. I was like, I feel like I've been waiting for this moment to like do this. Like really, cause I knew, you know, it's like, I don't do things lightly you know, with any show, yeah. any movie, any book. I, I like, I'm very obsessive. So I was like, let's just, let's just do this. And I did it. And then I just never stopped. And you never um, looked back. Yes. <laughs> I love yeah. it. I love a commitment like that. It's hard to. 
but yeah, it just felt like, you know, that, that year where you're like in between high school and college is such a weird year Mm -hmm. and like such a like pivotal year. I think that that was the perfect time to watch the show, which is largely focused on Rory going from, you know, high school to college and like doing the thing. So it was like really healing for me, to be honest. Like I was like, wow, this is amazing. And it was like instantly comforting. And I think a big reason for it too, and I don't know if you guys will want to include this or not, but my like high school and college experience was very not wholesome. My high school and college experience was a lot of partying, a lot of sex. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I should be saying you, Yeah, right no, you totally can. But like a lot, like I was a rebel. Like I, I was Jess. So like I was doing really, really bad stuff all the time. And Gilmore Girls is so wholesome that it almost, like, gave me a glimpse into, like, what life maybe could be like if I, like, had been a non-rebellious, just kind of, like, normal, well-adjusted teenager. And that's why I loved it so much because I didn't want to watch, you know, I love shows like Gossip Girl. I I love Gossip Girl. But that was, like, what I was living at the time. So it felt really good to, like experience something wholesome whereas I think a lot of people like will have a wholesome life and then watch really not wholesome stuff to kind of experience like the edgy side of things I was like the opposite and it's funny because now sometimes like some of the things I hear about Gilmore Girls from people who like maybe don't like it as much is like they'll be like oh I think it's like boring and I'm like you just don't oh you don't get it intellectual show like it's so intellectual like you it really is deep yeah it's interesting that you say that because I was actually going to ask you if like when you first watched it if you related more to Rory or to Lorelai because I know that like Tara and I feel kind of differently where I like felt more Rory and she felt more Lorelai in it because you said you were a little bit more like Jess which I had never heard anyone say that before so like first I guess the Gilmore Girls and then maybe like character overall based on what you had said about like growing up and feeling so different than the I guess the basis of the show. Yeah, I mean, I definitely like even now can look at the show and be like, I am Lorelai. My mom is Emily. My mom is like a nicer Emily. My mom is almost identical to Emily. Really? It's actually kind of crazy. Yeah, it's it's like literally insane. I love my mom. Like I love her so much. Like but I also love Emily. I don't I don't think anyone is out here just like completely hating Emily. I don't know. I don't think so. Like she's like an a nicer like she doesn't like fire her maids like she's not like that <laughs> that's good to hear <laughs> yeah but I think when people think about Emily they think like she's almost like the antagonist yeah yeah so it's hard for people like when they connect anybody they know in their lives to Emily they're like like you think it's an insult and it's not like Emily has so yeah. many redeeming qualities no exactly and I think that a huge thing with Emily is also like that a lot of the like bad things she does like a lot of the poor treatment of her daughter of Lorelai of everyone is coming from like her wanting love and attention really badly like she really just wants the time with Lorelai she wants the love she wants to choose Lorelai's life because she thinks she knows what is best for Mm. her it's not like a malicious thing you know I've never seen it malicious that's what we always think is like Emily is like the ultimate team Mm Lorelai she always is like looking out for her even if it's in like the worst way possible yeah yeah (laughs) exactly genuinely but yeah so I related to Lorelai more so like I don't have that um I think Lorelai and Rory's relationship is really unhealthy but I don't have that like best friend like buddy buddy thing Mm. 
But when I was watching the show, because of the age I was at, I definitely cared a lot more about Rory's storyline yeah. and like mm. probably could not have cared less about Lorelai. I, th- I think that's pretty true for me too. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you guys align on that in a really big way. Like certain people gravitate more towards Lorelai or more towards Rory. And because I spent so much time gravitating towards Lorelai, I like had never really met anybody until like my adult life who were like, no, I really identified with Rory. And I was like, huh. Because we were closer in age to Rory, right? Like watching the show, whether you were a kid or even like a young adult, you're closer in age to Rory. And so for me, I feel like she should have been the person that I was identifying with. And instead, I was like mouthing off to my mom (laughs) and, you know, just being being so utterly sarcastic. It hurts. So you're both Jess. You're both Jess. (laughs) I love that, though. No. So speaking of Jess, Clara, I think that that's so fascinating that you brought up that like he was somebody that you identified with in hindsight as a teenager but you have a lot of hot takes about him oh I do how do you feel about Jess now here's the thing is like (laughs) I when I like crap on team Jess it's coming from a place of I am so also attracted to Jess and I see it my love and I see it not only is he hot obviously like on a surface level but his you know, his personality and like the whole avoidant thing is very attractive. I have been victim to many a Jess. Oh. Like, it's not like I'm like, <laughs> but victim being like the key word here. Mm. And so that's kind of where I go in on team Jess, where I'm like, love the kid, but he was, he was an asshole to Rory. Yeah. I mean, he really was. He was a jerk to Rory in many ways. I mean, you can go as far as like the making her feel crappy when they're about to potentially get intimate. Like that was a really, really bad yeah. one. Or like, you know, something a little bit lighter. Like, I don't want to do this thing that makes you happy because I'm too cool for it. And that's fine. I actually hate or not hate. Sorry. You can hate. <laughs> I dislike adult Jess. <laughs> oh okay I'm more of an adult Jess hater I am Wait, tell us more yes (laughs) oh I cannot wait I've never met anyone who's an adult Jess hater yeah I feel like adult Jess is like the redeeming Jess tell us more okay so here's the thing first of all I don't think there's anything more like ick giving than when Jess comes in multiple times and is like I know you yeah I literally think that there is nothing more icky like when he tries to get Rory to run away from Yale which is all I feel like it's often forgotten you know he's the one that saves her and takes her back to Yale but he also tries to get her to run away see I I classify that as young Jess still okay okay fair but even the stuff that he does where he's like I know you I still consider a year in the life like the same behavior like I feel like he is just constantly coming back and being like I know you I know what's best for you why did you drop out of Yale? Blah, blah, blah. Like it's, he has this like icky, like sense of ownership over Rory that really like, to me has always felt suffocating almost like even in, in the year in the life where he's kind of like, Oh, like maybe this is what you should do with your life. And people see it as like, Oh, you know, he's kind of like her mentor in some way, like kind of like her like guide in some way. I think it's like a weird, like get like off of me 
kind of ick yeah. thing. No, I totally, I, mean? I totally <laughs> understand. I think I feel similarly in that, that like it always, we've talked about before that it feels like Jess romanticized Rory and in doing so he felt like he knew her despite how much she had changed and never mm. gave her the benefit of like any of the change that she made being positive change in her life or like being just like neutral change that like it wasn't negative. So like when mm. he shows up and he's like, I know you better than anyone. It's like, no, you're my ex-boyfriend from high school. Why do you think that now you showing up is you knowing me better than anyone else? Yeah. So I, I get that. Yeah. I have to say, as someone who's team Jess, like, I fully understand where you're coming from. I am team Jess, but also yeah. understand why people don't like him. Like, especially looking at it as an adult and watching it from a completely different frame of reference, it's easy to understand why people don't like him. I mean, when I was watching the show, it was literally between him and Dean. And I was like, well, obviously it's Jess. Like, I thought Dean was terrible. <laughs> yeah. But when you look at it from an outside perspective... And from a narrative perspective of like, I know you, I know you better than anyone. It's like, that's a bold statement, my dude. You've been gone for a long time. You might know her, you might know a version of her, but like that can be a very toxic narrative when it comes to exes or even ex-friends being like, I know you. And it's like, you know, a specific version of me. That doesn't mean that you know me, you know? And maybe that's why I have such an ick over it is because like, I feel like I'm constantly personally evolving as human being like as I think everybody is so having the the idea that someone who I dated even like in college anyone I dated in the past or anyone I was friends with in the past think actively today think that they know me better than anybody else like really icks me out and that's a huge part of my ick with Jess that being said there's some really good moments with Jess that like I even catch myself being like, oh my God, like you're like laughing at the show you've seen a hundred times. <laughs> I know. That's the thing, is that like I feel not as passionately about Logan's negative qualities, but I do feel similarly about Logan in the sense that I'm like, I'm not on Team Logan, but like I understand. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> For sure. Taking it back to the revival, though, when he does come in and they sit down and I have that conversation, I maybe am not so a team adult Jess as I thought I was because listening to you say that I'm like yeah I agree with all of these things because I think one of like the ickiest parts of the revival is that Rory doesn't have any sort of like impetus to change like within herself that like all of the changes she's making are like as a result of like what an ex-boyfriend is telling her. Like, you should write a book. Like, why couldn't she have come to that conclusion on her own? Rory needed to have something that made her change for herself. That, like, Mm. having an ex-boyfriend come and sit down was just, like, not it. Like, not even just in terms of, like, the story and the narrative of, like, I know that Jess will always, like, you know, mean something to her because, like, now he is her cousin. She's her cousin, right? Step-cousin? Her step-cousin. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, his uncle is now her stepdad. So they'll always, like, have a connection and, like... They've always, you know, have that what if we had worked out sort of situation. But, like, I think in any instance where, like, a 32-year-old's ex-boyfriend from high school is coming to you and, like, making you change your life, that just gives me big ick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. And also, like, a year in the life is part of the reason why I am personally so angry at Jess because the scene... I mean, I know you guys know the scene of him looking at Rory. Looking at the window. I know. And it's like, you can't say that Jess has grown so much as a person when he is still that avoidant. It's like, if you love her, I know that we don't know for sure. I'm going to choose to take it as he loves her. Yeah. Right? That's just my choice. He's pining for her. Tell her. 
I mean, what what are we doing? I'm tired of this. Like, I'm tired of watching. I want them to be happy. I want Rory to be happy with either Jess or Logan, preferably Logan, obviously. Sure. But I want I want him to tell her. I really don't like it when people hold things back and hold communication back. And, you know, maybe he thinks that she wouldn't reciprocate. I don't really care. Like, if that's how you feel, she deserves to know that and then make her own choice based off of that. And that scene, like, really pisses me off because it's like you're still avoidant after all this time. You still can't look her in the eyes and tell her the yeah. truth. That's why I really, really feel strongly about Jess. I think that that could go in a few different directions because I do agree with you. I wonder if maybe Amy and the writers in general like left some things, mainly the last four words, on a cliffhanger. Everything was left on a cliffhanger. (laughs) But with the potential of leaving the space for like more story if they chose to continue with the revival down the line and maybe in a way where it's like, Luke says that to him like you're over that right and he's like yeah I'm totally over it and then he kind of like catches himself and he's like wait am I over it because the other side of this is that like the last two times that he shared what was on his mind the first time in a really terrible way when he comes back to Yale and he's like run away with me I remember watching that in real time and going oh no oh no it was so I could not look away it was like watching a car crash a lot of people find that really romantic though Like him coming in and like, I'm sure that like a piece of me did when I was watching it in real time too, because it was Jess. But I was like, no, 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 no. I just like, nothing is more toxic than that. Yeah. And then for him to come back, the redeeming quality for him to be him encouraging her to go back to Yale is like, well, wait, like a year and a half ago, you were asking her to run away. And now you're like, why did you drop out of Yale? You literally wanted her to drop out of Yale. Mm -hmm. Like that was something I couldn't get on board with. So I think that the last few times, because right after that is when, you know, she sees him in Philadelphia and she kisses him, even though she's with Logan. And like, that's also a form of rejection. So now he's been rejected by her twice. And a lot of it was his own doing. But like, I think that when you experience rejection that many times, it may be hard to even years down the line, like put your heart, you know, out there for people. But I do agree with you that if there are feelings there and if they are as connected as they seem to be, that should probably be more transparent than just to look through the window, than just the transparency of the glass (laughs) through the window. I don't know what it is, but cowboy boots are magic. Since they've arrived, I've worn my Tacovis boots almost every day. I have the Annie in Midnight. I know you have the Annie in Bone. I do. But they make me feel so powerful because, of course, it is my dream to be a cowgirl. Yes, I know this about you, but I also know (laughs) you've told me that you wear them while you write your book. I do. I wear them all the time because I also wear them when I get dressed up or when I'm sitting at my desk recording the podcast because they make me feel so bold and brave and like I can do anything no matter how I style them. Tacovis has carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality that you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service with boots for men and women handmade from the most premium leathers. And if you dream of being cowgirls like us or you're already Western to your core, Tacovis is the perfect brand to start with because they believe in Western for all. They don't only offer their handmade boots, but all sorts of head-to-toe Western staples. Perfect jeans to go with your boots, pearl snaps, bandanas, and cowboy hats. You name it and they'll get you out fitted. 
And if you can't make it into a store, Tacovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. So visit tacovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovis has said that they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on tacovis.com. Just use the code Gilmore at checkout. That's G-I-L-M-O-R-E. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast, so they're always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter code Gilmore at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tecovis. Only at tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. Haley, I feel like most of our followers already know that we don't really drink alcohol, but we do love a fun beverage. Oh, we do. Both of us think a fun beverage and a chill night is the epitome of a good time, especially when that drink is a recess mood, which is a delicious sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like mood lifting magnesium and stress balancing adaptogens. So you can relax without the alcohol. I drink mine every night while reading, of course. Tara, tell everyone how you enjoy yours. Honestly, I usually drink mine while we're recording the podcast. (laughs) It's my favorite way to enjoy a recess. And all of our besties can get 15% off the Recess Mood Sampler Pack at takearecess.com slash GTS. Recess Mood is made with real fruit and comes in four delicious flavors like strawberry rose and raspberry lemon. But my personal favorite is the grapefruit tangerine. And with only 20 calories and no added sugar, it's the perfect way to chill. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash GTS and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. Do you think that that moment really added to the story overall that like we just watched like four like hour and a half long episodes of this and it kind of ends with like Jess who you know like he kind of has like a little bit of like a lore to him a mystique that like has been romanticized when he looked through the window like did that add anything to the story that we had just watched or did it like feel like it was pandering to people who like are team Jess after all of these years and like adore milo because he's just fucking hot as fuck i think it added i think it added a lot because i'm obviously not team jess at all and that was like one of the most emotional parts of the revival to me like that's like one of those moments where you're like ah like dagger through the heart like even if you don't really care it's like oh my gosh because I don't know about you guys, but that's something that like would haunt me to think that there is a person or people out there not telling me their true feelings. Mm. I like to know everything. I'm like a huge control freak. So like the thought of someone like not telling me, even if it's to tell me they hate me or like they don't like me, the thought of someone not telling me how they feel about me like drives me nuts. And so I think that's why it was such an emotional and kind of important moment in the revival because it's like, ah, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, no, I understand because like you're kind of left believing up until that moment that they're just friends or maybe that they're family, like that they're accepting that they're family now because of Luke and Lorelai's relationship. And so you're like, oh, wow, okay. Like he's now a guidepost in her life, less an ex-boyfriend. And the second they had him look through the window at her, he became an ex-boyfriend again. 
Mm-hmm. you know oh i think i'm like the opposite like if someone has any feelings for me like don't tell me really <laughs> no clara i align with you i'm like please tell me i just i just want it all out there just tell me that is so funny unless it's my love and amelia looking through the window at me i'm kind of like keep that to yourself do not keep that to yourself tell me now yeah i don't know i think that i think that that moment just kind of like sealed it all in for me where I, it's like frustration i think team jess also feels frustration that would have been the moment for me if I was team Jess that would have been the moment for me to jump ship that's when I would have been like yes that moment is when I would have been like screw you I cannot believe you have not told her if you still feel this way so many years later like I'm now jumping ship team Logan all the way (laughs) that's probably what would have been my mindset because it's heartbreaking yeah it's heartbreaking you know I feel like a lot of people aren't that logical about it I think a lot of people are like that was like living for the hope of it all like oh yeah he looks through the window and he's like oh my god he's in (laughs) love with her there's a chance it's gonna be a second revival Jess is gonna be the star it's gonna call Gilmore Jess Jess is gonna raise that baby like the amount of times I get commented comments on my TikToks or anywhere dms about that look through the window meaning that jess is gonna raise rory's baby is astronomical it's insane i told someone on tiktok i think yesterday someone was like i think jess is gonna raise that baby in the same way luke kind of did for christopher and i was like except logan would never ever ever walk out on a child like what that is the most delusional thing I've ever heard. I literally said, unless she pulled a Nardini, <laughs> and which I, which she very well she might. Could. Let's be honest. Yeah, that is what I was about to say. I think the only way that Logan wouldn't be a part of that baby's life. If he didn't know. If he didn't know or if Rory forced him out of that situation. If she was like, I don't want mm-hmm. you to be a part of this. Yeah. Which she might, because it's Rory. Or if Mitchum was like, you cannot let anybody know about this baby because you are marrying Odette, and that is final. <laughs> Odette. <laughs> Poor Odette. Princess Odette, the princess swan. Odette. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, obviously, you're a Team Logan girly, Clara. Yes. Was that from, like, day one? When you were watching with the Dean and Jess love triangle, were you ever, like, gravitating towards Jess, or were you always a little bit like, oh, Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, my gosh, yeah. Oh, my God. I was like, Rory, if you don't cheat on Dean right now with Jess, (laughs) like, I'm unfollowing you. I'm out. I'm leaving the chat. Yeah. Yes. So then when, like, when you met Logan, was it instantaneous? Were you just, like, turned off by Jess's behavior? Like, how did that transition go for you? I think (laughs) I could literally cry talking about Logan. I think that I'm just so in love with Logan (laughs) that it was just so instant. The moment that Logan came into the picture, it was like Jess never even existed. Game over. Yeah. Logan was not even like my type, like physically or anything like that. It's his personality. I just, I think Logan's personality is the best thing ever. I also think Logan is like, a lot of people notice Logan's faults as if Logan is not like a college kid like Logan very much acts like a college kid like a college man would act so like all of the things that people see as like his faults like sleeping around like whatever I don't see his faults because I've seen so much worse (laughs) as from from boys in college you know obviously I was in college when I was watching and getting to that point and I actually was like searching in my text to see how early I had brought up Logan in conversation (laughs) (laughs) I brought him up back in 2014 to the guy I was talking to at the time and I did you say (laughs) 
How do you casually bring up the man of your dreams to the guy you're dating? So it was like way beginning for both, like in the storyline and in my own life storyline. I actually ended up dating this guy for like two years. He cheated on me. Just not cute. (laughs) Not, Not cute situation. But I was like, oh my gosh, like there's this new character that came in and like he's just so perfect. And I even think I said something like, he kind of reminds me of you. Oh no. <laughs> Not true. Not true. There's a man out there who thinks he's Logan Hunsberger. <laughs> we, we can't have that. Give us his number. But he was really nothing like him at all. Like the, I think the only thing that reminded me of him was probably the sleeping around, to be mm. honest with Wow. You. Like, there were no. Oh, what a quality to have in common. <laughs> I know. But yeah, I don't, I've always, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like, I can't even like really put a finger on it besides like the obvious charm and intellect and like everything else Logan has going for him. And he's a hottie. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Obviously. It's just perfect. But I think what I really loved about Logan, which kind of pivots into more about Rory, is the way that he first of all, was the only person to, I feel like, not idolize Rory right, and the yeah. way that he encouraged her to act her age for the first time in the whole series. To me, I felt like Logan was the turning point from Rory acting way older and more mature than she needed to, to just acting like a college kid. And that's also why I love Yale Rory a lot more than Chilton Rory, which is probably my hottest take ever it's very controversial to say that I once posted that on TikTok and I like it kept going viral every couple of weeks with people saying that I needed to go to therapy and I was like I know it but that's not why yikes oh my god people need to eat a (laughs) snack I don't understand some people who comment on TikTok I'm like are you guys okay is everybody all right (laughs) they're not they're not No, but it is. It is a very interesting take. I myself gravitate more towards the early seasons because I love Jess and because that's what I grew up on. So I think that it feels like comfort food to me. But Rory does kind of find herself in those later seasons, even though I think a lot of people tend to gravitate towards early Rory because the choices that she makes as she starts to find herself are not comforting, right? They're not things that people find to be like warm fuzzy, but that's life. That's what makes her a person, right? Exactly. And that's why I like Yale Rory better than Shelton Rory is honestly, this is going to be really hot take, but I feel like a lot of people who are obsessed with Chilton Rory and hate Yale Rory, right? Like that one viral TikTok of the girl closing her laptop screen when Rory walks across the stage at graduation. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And it's like, this is where the show ends to me. You know what I'm talking about? 100%. I have not seen that, but yikes. Okay. It's just, it's misogyny at its finest. And here's why. They can only love Rory when she is a perfect robotic human being. This girl is beautiful, right? Incredibly intelligent, kind on top of it, emotionally stable, successful. Literally every single positive quality that a person could have is what Chilton Rory is. She is perfect. She's almost robotic. And the minute she becomes Yale Rory and starts to make these mistakes that make her, like you said, a human being that has faults and makes poor decisions sometimes, they jump ship and it's like, oh my God, I can't stand Rory now. It's like what you can't stand a real woman. Like you can't stand like a a character that's an actual woman that has flaws. You can only appreciate a woman if she's up on a pedestal and squeaky clean for you to your own narrative of what you think all women should be like, Mm. which is like perfection. 
And that's why I get frustrated when people say that, because I'm like, why is there no room for her to have faults? And why does that make you hate her? And I know a lot of it is because people say like, well, you know, she has all this privilege and she's so annoying about her privilege when she's like Yale Rory and she like takes all these things for granted. And like, that's how she grew up. Like, it makes so much more sense for her to make those bad decisions. And yeah, I think it's like pure misogyny. And I know people are going to be so mad about this. <laughs> no, I, 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 totally I agree, agree with you. Because I think that the thing about Chilton Rory is like, cause I just posted about this on TikTok recently. A lot of people say that Chilton Rory is like who they wanted to be, that she felt very idealistic. And that the moment that she started to fail, they're like, I didn't want to be here anymore. But the fact of the matter is, is like, I mean, I was a Chilton Rory in school. I was like all about school, like doing the most I could possibly do. And I've never become a Chilton Rory. And I think that that is most true of most people, that people who are quote-unquote Chilton Rory's never stay that way as their life continues. I think that most people who would identify with that who they were in high school are now like Yale Revival Rory because either mm-hmm. they experienced burnout or they did not want the same things that they wanted when they were 16 once they like got out of college or even reached college. And it's like this weird... It's, like, from people who are older and from teens now who feel this way, that, like, you see this, like, ideal version of who you could become, but it's starting early, but that never, like, transitions into your adult life. And if it does, and that is you, and you were children, Rory, and you're doing exactly what you said you were going to do when you were 16, congrats. I'm so proud of you. Like, that's amazing that you were able to sustain that for so long. But I just think it's, like, a lot of people who prefer children, Rory might in actuality be more like Yale Rory and in the way that mm. they're maybe disappointed in her or maybe disappointed mm-hmm. in themselves mm. just a little bit. Yeah. Wow. That makes sense. Yeah, not no. Yeah. Not no. But like it it's so true the academic burnout thing too is like something very near and dear to my heart. So Paris, right, is another woman in the show, obviously, that we get to watch and watch her intelligence and success throughout high school and college. Except Paris is on the verge of a mental breakdown 24-7. Like, Paris doesn't have those other qualities. Paris doesn't have the kindness that Rory has. Paris is not perfect. A lot of people don't like Paris in the show, not in real life. But, like, a lot of people in the show don't like Paris because she's obviously struggling with a lot of, like, control issues. She's basically neurotic. She has a life coach at one point. Yes, Terrence. Very aggressive, poor communicator, can be abrasive to say the least yeah but that's the reality of it because you don't get a woman who is that smart that successful that driven and and have her just be perfect with no burnout Mm, at the end of it yeah do you know what I mean Rory was so perfect she handled it so well she handled the stress incredibly well she didn't you know freak out in the way Paris did But she burnt out and she needed to burn out and she needed to drop out of Yale. Otherwise, this would have been just the most unrealistic story in the entire world. I think Amy knew that. Yes. I totally agree. Like, what would have happened had Rory not dropped out of school and not had this moment? Like, she would have just continued on doing really great in school and graduated from college and... That was it? That's what we were going to watch? Right. That does not make for an interesting story. Nobody wants to watch that. And even the people who were like balk at Rory's faults in the latter half of this series, there's no way that they would have actually enjoyed watching something like that. Like, that's so boring. It's so uninteresting. I mean, I will give it to them. The stealing the boat, not the greatest. 
<laughs> not great. To no one is like, yay over that. Yay, but I do think that people were disappointed in her and that's okay. Like that's why Amy is known for building characters that we root for because eventually they could let us down because they're real people and real people in real life let us down. That is part of the human existence yeah. and the human experience. Exactly. Exactly. And I think the academic burnout was such a huge part of that because if she hadn't dropped out of Yale, I think that would have sent a really toxic message almost. Like, I feel like if I had been watching it the way you guys did, like growing up and saw her just be so perfect, never drop out of Yale, go into the perfect career, which obviously with a year in the life, we see that that wasn't her ideal career at the end of it. I would have been like comparing myself to that forever. And every time I faltered and wanted to change in my major change in career or, you know, second guess myself, I would have been really, really hard on myself. Absolutely. That's exactly how being a teenager was for me because I, I can't even watch seasons one through three without like having like high school nightmare flashbacks of like the anxiety of being in high school because I like pushed myself as hard as Rory did. Like I took like 12 yeah. AP classes. Like I was taking like two languages at the time. Like, Wow. I would, like, watch Gilmore Girls while I studied because Rory would be at school, and so it would feel like this, like, mm-hmm. study inspo. But mm. it got to the point where, like, I couldn't watch any of those. Like, I would start, like, every time, like, mid-season four after her life was kind of, like, unraveling from, like, the perfect Rory that we already had because it was so hard to, like, watch that and see how perfect she was mm-hmm. and be, like, I all I would think of is, like, all the times that I messed up in high school, like, and couldn't, like, get there mm-hmm. so it's like it was very toxic for me to go back and watch the early seasons like wow. in any real way yeah that. that's why I'm a season five girly because things yeah. are going wrong <laughs> things are that's why she loves the conflict I love that. <laughs> she's like nothing can go right <laughs> and I think that's why I rewatch the show all the time is because like it helps my anxiety to like watch these like situations happen like very controlled I know how this mm-hmm. all goes like things are going really wrong and they're going to stay wrong but it's fine because it's happening inside this little box. <laughs> mm, yeah, the controlled anxiety. <laughs> yeah, and I could just watch it over and over again. Yeah, th- I mean, this is such, it's such an easy show to watch over and over again because it's such a comforting journey in a sense. Definitely. And I, I totally relate because I started it in college. So then I put that Chilton Rory pressure on myself in college, worked really, really hard, you know, slept barely ever you know got all these like research I was (laughs) I was science Rory as you oh (laughs) really (laughs) yeah I studied uh, molecular biology oh my gosh April uh, literally wow (laughs) went super super hard and then went to grad school straight out of college and went to Vanderbilt for my PhD actually I know literally insane and then mastered out after two years at Vanderbilt so I have a very personal tie to Rory dropping out of Yale because it's just not realistic. Like it just was never going to work in my life or I think in most people's lives mm. to go that hard and put that much pressure on yourself academically for that long. And to that, I know I talk a lot about like body image and stuff on my personal pages and about how you can't put all of your worth into the way you look or your appearance. I think it's just as toxic to put all of your worth into your intelligence. I think it's just toxic, period, to put all of your worth into one basket. And that's basically where Rory was at, right, is putting all of her worth into her academic success. And again, 
That's why the burnout was so important to show. And that's why I love the burnout. Like that is like oh, my so favorite true. part. A lot of people say that Rory's like quote unquote burnout is really sudden because it's like she gets like a little bit of bad feedback and then suddenly she's dropping out of Yale. But if you look at it from the perspective like of what you just said, where she puts all of her worth and her like who she like quote unquote wants to be, like her future career, uh, like her academic achievements, that this one moment where she like just tips everything over, she questions everything about her life. And it makes complete sense that like she would need to drop out of school. And I think in large part, not even just because she felt it, but because everyone around her expected her to just bounce back from it. That they were like, why Mm -hmm. would you do this? Like, that's almost like reinforcing in her. We also all completely only value you for your academic successes, which isn't true because her mom didn't just value her for like how she was doing in school. But like, it's kind of how it felt. No, but I think it's an identity thing. Like, it's like, this is how Mm -hmm. we identify you is by not just how well she was doing in school, but how much she loved school. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what everybody kept telling her, right? But Logan said, you love school. (laughs) I mean, she did genuinely love school. She loved learning. I think that if someone would have just like taken her remotely seriously mm-hmm. in the way that she was feeling rather than just been immediately like no fuck that you can't do that mm. and like take an account of like how she was feeling how she was saying she was feeling rather than just like immediately freaking the fuck out about it which is why I love Logan yeah because like mm-hmm. they were in this new relationship but Logan was the only one to be like okay this is what you want to do all right that's what you're gonna do I don't feel like you should as I've said like right, right. you a month like you love school But at the same time, like, I'm not going to be the one that's going to, like, kick you away right now like everyone else is doing because you aren't achieving what I feel you to be capable of. But here's the thing, too, that's so interesting about you saying that is Logan has this issue of being, like, put in a box, right? His his life is mapped out for him. His career is mapped out for him. And not to speculate about what Rory feels that's, like, unspoken, but I'm going to speculate because I feel like it. that's what we're here for. Uh. (laughs) This is what we're here for. Please do. She doesn't externalize a lot. We don't know a lot about how she feels. So we can really only speculate. We kind of have to speculate. Yeah. She puts herself in a very similar box that Logan's family puts him in and has put herself in a box of this is what I want to do. I want to go into journalism, 100% certain about where my career is going, 100% certain about what I want to study in school. And I think that's a huge part of it because people saying that it's sudden, it's like, okay, yeah, technically it's sudden, but I imagine that Rory spent a long time building that seed of doubt. Mm -hmm. And when she heard somebody else say it out loud, she was like, oh crap. Because obviously, we don't know, but a year in the life kind of hints that that's not exactly the direction her career should have gone in. You know, she's going to be writing a book, whatever. Right. So that seed of doubt, I think, has probably always been there. Because who knows exactly what they want to do? Like, specifically exactly what they want to do at that young of an age. You know what I mean? Mm. And I think that that's a huge reason. Like, it's not necessarily her saying, like, oh, I'm done with academics, period. I don't love school anymore, period. I think it was more so just her realizing that she had never allowed herself to see any other route in academia besides the one she was taking. And so when Mitchum finally, like, was the person to say something negative about that route out loud to her, it was going to happen regardless. Do you know what I mean? Like it was going to happen at some point regardless where she was going to realize that she put all of her eggs into this one basket and never even looked in any other direction. Mm. 
And that was, I think, to me, a big part of why she had to also drop out of Yale and why it was okay for her to drop out of Yale. Some people might say, okay, maybe she should have just changed her major, whatever. But the point being that it was so black and white to her, like, right? Like that was never an option to her to just maybe falter a little bit, go into a slightly different path. It was so black and white. All or nothing. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. How do you feel to people who say that, like, when Mitchum said that to her, the you don't got it, that, like, her getting, like, one piece of bad feedback and upsetting her whole life meant that she was like too enabled her whole life and that like too many people had told her she was perfect and great and wonderful that for like one comment to upset her that much that meant that she was like for lack of a better phrasing just like a terrible person because she thought she was the best and someone said she wasn't here's what I really think I think that what Mitchum said is what Rory has always felt about herself I think that she has always felt that way about herself and has always been hard on herself. And so even with everybody in her life telling her, you're so perfect at this. Oh my God, you're a princess. Like you're whatever. Everything that everyone said in Stars Hollow about her. I think that people don't understand that it's not because it was just one person making one comment. Mm. It was because it was what she had been telling herself for years. And that's why it had such a, such a big effect on her life not because one person said one thing and I know like obviously a lot of people say okay well it's not just one person it's you know Mitchum Hunsberger it's like a really big deal in the industry she wants to go into but I think he really just like solidified what she had been thinking about herself the entire time you know then how do you feel on the opposite end of that about the people that say that Jess was the one who got her to go back to Yale do you feel like it was actually Jess? Do you feel like what Jess said like really made an impact on her? Or do you feel like in the same way that you just said that you feel like Mitchum just spoke to everything that she had been feeling leading up to that, that Jess was confirming for her everything that she had been feeling leading up to that moment? Ooh. That's kind of a tough question, honestly. That's like a really tough question because do I think that she would have gone back even if Jess didn't say that? Yes. Mm-hmm. The timing of it, I don't know, like it could have maybe taken longer for her to go back if Jess hadn't said that to her. But I think a big part of her going back and Jess saying that to her was like humiliation, to be honest. It was a lot less like this is guidance. This is like positive guidance in the right direction. And more so that she was like humiliated to be seen in this vulnerable position by anyone, not just Jess, by anyone. And, And Jess kind of made her... I think just made her realize that everyone was watching and everyone was realizing and that made her very embarrassed. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think he really made her feel really ashamed of herself. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that he intended to, but oh no, 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 that's what happened. No, I don't think he did either. I think he wanted her to have a wake up call, but I don't think that he intended to like embarrass her. I do think that this was on the heels though of her being so unfathomably frustrated with her grandmother with Emily and then like hearing somebody say that to her it was like okay 
it's time. It's time to go back, mm-hmm. you know, because she was being suffocated in that house in the same way that Lorelai was. Yeah. And so I think that I do agree with people to a certain extent that what Jess said was kind of like the impetus for her to make a move to return, right? But that's also, mm-hmm. speaking to your point, Clara, that like what Mitchum said was just the tipping point for her to be like, okay, mm-hmm. I am can't do this anymore. Like, I am a failure. Yes. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Ooh. That's so interesting that, like, what Jess was saying there is just kind of what she was thinking. Because, like, I don't think he got her back to school. She, like, I agree. Like, there were so many things leading up to that that she was already starting to feel really, like, like, for her birthday party when Paris said that she was the editor of the Yale Daily News now. And, like, yep. she was very clearly upset by that. And Lorelai recognized that. So she was, like, on the path to realizing it. But, like, someone, like, so directly saying, why did you drop mm-hmm. out of Yale? And she's like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's just, she knows why. Yeah. But I think those things are much more identifiable than the things that could have been swirling around in her mind leading up to Mitchum saying, you don't got it. You know, like, I think that the reason people say that Mm -hmm. it was like more random is because Mm -hmm. no one was actually able to see how she was feeling or she didn't verbalize how she was feeling that there was a possibility of her somewhere in there having doubt within herself. I mean, we see that she has to drop a class because she's not, you know, able to support the workload and like little things along the way, but nothing Mm -hmm. as in our face as like Emily being suffocating, Paris being the editor of the Yale Daily News and those things that kept adding up that made you go, okay, she's, she's going to have to go Mm -hmm. back at some point. Right. Yeah. Like those, those little like moments of realization were adding up in a way that we didn't really get to see pre Mitchum, you don't got it. And I kind of wish we Mm -hmm. saw it a little bit more because I think it would have made more sense to the audience to go, oh, okay. Because it did feel random. It did feel so out of left field that she was just like, okay, I'm not going back to Yale next year. Mm -hmm. I wish that we had gotten a little bit more, you know. Maybe Jess would have come in, told her something in season five, might have realized. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, kind of to bring it back to like, you know, our original conversation about Jess and his involvement and his character growth. I think that the writers intended for him to have a lot more growth when they had him on the show as a series regular before he left at the end of season three. And I felt like they were kind of trying to overcompensate for that when they would bring him back. So there was like so much Mm. saturated content with him and then him kind of being a guidepost for Rory. But it sounds like for some people that ended up kind of like ruining his character, not strengthening it. Yeah. No, that may, I've never thought about that. I've never thought about that, that they kind of just tried to like squeeze in a bunch of growth and that it kind of rebounded. I kind of think they made him a little bit too of like what they presented of him when he came back, like when she went to Philadelphia and then him writing his book, they almost presented him to be like a little too perfect. And I know that it's like supposed to like juxtapose that like Jess is making something of his life. He wrote a book and... It's kind of supposed to make her think about herself and where she's at. Yeah. But I kind of would have liked to have seen maybe like a little more fault with him a little. Mm. I don't know, because we see him pay back Luke when she goes to Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that they were also really trying to saturate his story with his relationship, like mending his relationship with Luke. You know, yeah, so I think that like true. they were like trying to serve two different purposes. It's interesting because I feel like they really did want to redeem his character. But I find it really fascinating that for a lot of what they gave us after season three, that those were not redeeming things for you. And I'm sure you're not the only person that feels that way. Yeah. 
I'll have to, we'll put a poll on our Instagram and we'll actually put it because sometimes we say we'll put a poll and then we always say we're going to put a poll and then we don't and then we don't and then people are like hey what was the result of that poll and we're like oh um I don't know <laughs> Haley and I were the only ones that took the poll um so between the two of us I really so. Know. so I I know that you have a lot of hot takes on your Instagram this is something that Tara and I were talking about was that you really love Logan obviously we have a lot of soft spots <laughs> for Logan we feel very like you know indifferent towards Jess at various moments but when you're looking at Logan and looking at his faults in the character don't exist there was something that your husband had said was that like you're kind of blind to his faults and the things because I know that he's going through and watching it with you how do you feel about that how do you feel about his hot take on your hot takes Here's the thing about my husband. He is very jealous of Logan, okay? So you can't take anything he says very seriously because he will literally, we'll be watching the show and he'll be like, oh, he's just so perfect, isn't he? <laughs> like, he, he gets so jealous and is like, he'll literally be like, why don't you just marry him if you love him so much? And I look at him and I'm like, I would. I would. Brad, I would. He's fictional and that's <laughs> he's the problem. Fictional. That's oh the barrier God. to our success. Yeah, I definitely excuse Logan's faults because I just don't see them as faults. I mean, I know. That's I, no, I'm the same. It's almost like he's like too much of like too much of a comfort character, too much love for him. The biggest thing with Logan, right, is he cheated on Rory. The bridesmaids, I just, yeah. I don't believe it. I think everybody on this call disagrees. I don't agree. Yeah. yeah. I, I think what he did was hurtful. Like, if Rory is hurt by that, that's okay. He did not yeah. cheat on her. No. No, he didn't cheat on her. They were broken up. Yeah, totally. And, like, my sister and I have argued about this many a times <laughs> where she'll kind of be like, you're telling me that if you and Brad had broken up and then you found out he slept with a bunch of girls that you would have been like, oh yeah, whatever, and gone back together with him. And I'm like, okay, no, but if I had been in college, yes. The circumstances of their relationship are so different. It's the age. Like, it it just makes a huge... I don't know about your guys' college experience, but like, if I was dating somebody and they just didn't talk to me, okay, for... How long is that? Do you guys know exactly how much time goes by? It's a couple months. This happened in October, November, December, and they didn't start talking until January. So it was months had passed. Right. And I just don't think it's that bad. He obviously slept around before Rory. He's just a horny dude. Like, it's not that weird that he would sleep with people while they're not together. I don't know. Also, especially because, like, that's how he kind of, like, copes with emotional pain like it's just like how people use sex differently and that's totally fine yeah Yeah, everybody's relationship with intimacy is different right I do think that again like if she was hurt by it that's okay like she's entitled to be hurt by whatever she's hurt by and if that was a deal breaker for her that's okay too but to call it cheating I can't get down with that yeah no no Haley and I have talked about this on pod they weren't together anymore right they like ghosted each other like, neither Literally, of them I'm reached like, out to the other person. I'm pretty sure that the last guy I was having a thing with ghosted me, and then I met my husband. Like, you're telling me I was supposed to be waiting <laughs> for him to text me back? You're still with him. You're married now, but you're still with that guy. Like, what? But the worst thing Logan did, in my opinion, was not warn Rory. That yeah. is something that I can agree 100%. was pretty messed up. You know, like, I can say that that's a fault of Logan's, 
I just don't think it's that big of a, I don't think it's that big of a fault. Like I, I agree that Logan has some like immature tendencies, yeah. but he's also such a phenomenal boyfriend in other ways. Like such an unbelievably phenomenal boyfriend that like, if he was like a neutral boyfriend and then had those faults, maybe I would pay more attention to them. Mm-hmm. But to me, he's so supportive of Rory. It's like almost disgusting. Yeah. And I think people look past that cause they're like, Oh, well he's just throwing money at her. Like that's what I've heard people say. It's like, he's just like throwing money at her. Have my apartment, have this Birkin, like whatever. It's not about the money. Even for someone at his age who was previously some sort of like playboy to be like, Hey, why don't you come and live with me? Like that is so huge. And people like overlook those things. Yeah. There's a difference between generosity and throwing money at somebody. There's a difference between yeah. being like, I love you and I care about you and I want to take care of you and being generous yes. with your time and your finances. It also seems like it's one of his love languages. Like he seems like he's like yeah. gift giving kind of like physical touch. Acts too, of but service. Like, yeah. He's honestly yes. all of the love languages. This is perfect, isn't he? <laughs> to that effect, how do you feel about when Jess and Logan met and like he is yelling at him? They're like yelling at each other in the bar, the blonde dick at Yale. Oh my God. I think it's how, so justified. How big is your book? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so justified. But do you think that it's justified on Logan's end because Rory didn't tell him or because of Jess's behavior? Because when I watch that scene, I don't think Jess necessarily did anything wrong. I understand Jess can be a little standoffish sometimes in his demeanor, but I felt like Logan came in guns ablazing. And if anybody was to be at fault on Logan's end, it was Rory. Because Rory didn't say anything. She wasn't like, this is my yeah. ex-boyfriend. They didn't have a conversation in the car, as we know they don't do. They don't talk in the car. I thought it was hot and sexy and mouth-watering <laughs> what Logan did in that scene. Oh, my God. You guys are a bunch of silly gooses. The thing is, is, like, I agree with Clara in the sense that, like, I love it. The way that he's talking to Jess there, is it kind of mean and, like, a little unwarranted? Sure, fine. I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. Do I also love it so much like I die? Absolutely. <laughs> it's hot. I mean, it's it's like, it's, I don't know. I think it's hot. Like he, he, obviously he's a smart guy. He knows what's going on. He's not an idiot. He's not walking into that situation like, oh yeah, this is just uh, Rory's buddy from like, no, he's, he's a smart kid. Mm-hmm. Like he knows what's going he on. He about it a little aggressively, I will admit. But yeah, I think I think he's like a little too aggressive when Rory and Logan have a conversation after this. You can oh, tell there's like a little that. frustration on his end because yeah. he's like, he's like, do you want to go hang out with your friend? With John, Jack. I don't want anybody to take anything out on anybody. But like, I think that his frustration should have been more aimed at her. Yeah. Because like she gave him no warning, no indication. And I didn't feel I mean, you guys might disagree. And that's totally valid. I didn't feel like Jess necessarily came back to like win Rory's affections necessarily. I feel like he came back to be like, hey, I wrote this book and I wanted to share it with you. And also to kind of tell her, like, look at, show her, like, look at the ways I've grown. And we don't really know what the intention was behind that. But Rory did not tell Jess that she had a significant other. She did not tell her significant other about Jess. So like, I kind of fault Rory for the mishap there. I a little know Sparkly Heart because like when he is like, can I see you again? And they're, like, going to, like, dinner or whatever. Because then you flash forward to, like, Philadelphia. And they're about to kiss. And he says, everything taken care of. And she's like, yeah, everything is. And then he kisses her. 
Mm. And the last time that they spoke was when he was yelling at her. And it was almost like that would have been the next step had Logan Mm -hmm. not showed up Mm. or Logan not shown up. Very possible. That he was like almost like continuing something of like, oh, things are messed up. Like everything fixed now. And Mm. she's like, everything's fixed now. Kiss. I agree so hard. Yeah, and I, it, it's not, like, anti-teen Jess to admit that if Logan had not walked in, like, something very much could have happened, you know? For sure, like, for sure. I just, I always saw have. that scene as, we talked about this on pod, Haley. I always saw that scene when he's like, can I see you again? Was that he was, like, looking around at everything and he was so confused. He's like, why are yeah. you at your grandparents' house? Why are you not in Stars for Hollow? Sure. You're not at Yale anymore? Like, I think like he, he was left just kind of like, a lot of what questions is going on? And like knew that he couldn't talk above a whisper. So I think I always saw that as like a little more innocent. Of course, then once Logan shows up and you see Jess's reaction after she gets in the car with Logan, yeah. he's just like, huh. Okay. Like, I don't think he necessarily was coming to like be like, yep, Rory Gilmore is my next girlfriend and it's going to happen today. <laughs> but I think For sure. to some degree he was like showing up to show her this, that he had changed to maybe kind of rekindle something of like did he write this book to be worthy of Rory Gilmore and now he's showing up and Mm. it's gonna end Mm -hmm. with like kiss definitely very possible so okay here's a question I haven't watched that scene in a minute when Logan shows up is there a moment where Jess offers to just let Rory and Logan go off does that make sense? Mm-mm. No, there's not. And so therefore I would say Jess deserves it. I'm sorry. <laughs> but if I'm talking to someone as like a friend and it's like my ex and their significant other comes in, even if I didn't know about them before, I'd be like, you know what? How about you guys just yeah. go to dinner? You guys go enjoy yourselves. Just staying and being like, yeah, like I'm going to meet you guys there is kind of a, you know, whose book is bigger yeah. behavior, in my opinion. Interesting. I actually feel the exact opposite. Like, if I showed up and I knew that, like, my significant other was getting together with someone, and I didn't know the context of their relationship. Obviously, like you said, Logan's a smart guy. Because it's Logan that invites himself. Logan's the one that's like, let's all go together. Yeah. I feel like if I trusted my significant other, I would be like, yeah, you guys go have a good time. But I felt like Logan was, like, staking his claim. Like, he was claiming his territory, and he was like, this is my girlfriend. Which, again, I don't totally fault him for. I don't fault him for that either, because... She thought that he was coming back the next day, was what she said. Yeah, to him. and the the verbiage on all of that, where she was like, "I thought you were coming home tomorrow," and he's like, "Thought, thought I'd surprise you." And it's like, "Ooh, mm-hmm. it's very clearly that's her ex boyfriend." Tricky, very. If tricky. I had been Logan in that situation, and I had walked in on that, mm. I would have been a lot meaner to Jess. <laughs> so that's kind of like where I'm at. Logan doesn't owe Jess any kindness. Like, and maybe that's just like rude of me to say, but he really doesn't. Logan doesn't give a fuck about Jess. He certainly I wouldn't didn't. either. So yeah, I mean, he really doesn't care. He has no reason to care. And I don't, I can see what you're saying where it would look kind of sketchy. If like Jess was just like, all right, you guys go. Like, I'm taking off. That would definitely make it look a little sketchier. But I think it was already sketchy. And almost looked like he was there for, like, the purposes of maybe something more happening with Rory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. But I would have just stepped down. Because, like, you don't know what Jess's intentions are when he arrives. Right. Obviously, like, Logan's intentions with Rory are very clear because he's... 
her boyfriend. So like there's no room for error on that. You're like, you know why Logan's there. You know what he's trying to do with Jess. It's like you could argue both sides, right? You could say he was there to maybe like show her that he had changed or he was really just there to show her like, hey, I did something cool and I'd love for you to to see it. Uh, I disagree. I don't, I just, I don't think you can like read one way or another. I think Jess was there because he, I just think Jess was there because he loves her. I honestly, mm. I think Jess was there to play like the long haul. Yeah. I think that he's always loved Rory and oh, that he sure. was there for a specific reason. And there's definitely like the, a thing between guys that like, they can like tell that stuff, right? Like I've had my husband be like, hey, that friend of yours, like, is actually interested in something more Mm -hmm. versus that friend of yours is, like, just a friend. I'm not going to get insecure or jealous. There's a difference between, like, Logan being, like, jealous or possessive and then just being, like, aware. And I think that a lot of times guys are able to tell that even without necessarily knowing for sure and I think Logan was able to tell that because he confirms that though because he asks them he says like were you two like together rock around the clock yeah two straws and a milkshake and they're like yeah yeah we were together. I just almost wish he asked her in the car yeah. in the car <laughs> you know like why yeah. did he yeah. like hey is that is that your ex-boyfriend do you want to talk about this why did he literally yeah. not immediately say who is that yeah and she said that's my ex-boyfriend Oh, it was probably just utter silence in the car. I feel like, I feel like the reason why, this is going to sound so weird, but have you guys ever like been with a significant other and like you're about to go socialize with someone or people and you really don't want to get into an argument before you get to the socializing because it makes it really tense and weird I feel like that's why. So they just like both shut down? Yeah. No, I seriously feel like that's why. You're not it's wrong. it's like that moment that's so awkward when you step out of the car and there's the tension between you two and then you have to go share that tension with yeah. another party. I didn't think about that. That is true. But like she got in the car and she was like, how's your trip? It was good. <laughs> Where are we going? Yeah, we're going here for dinner. All right. Cool. No, like literally. <laughs> Interestingly though, like that tension just... Still there. Yeah, there's still no there. Oh, yeah. That. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I'm obviously a Logan apologist. Like, it's oh, really bad. Yeah. But I don't know. I thought that was hot. I think, in my opinion, if I was in Rory's position and my man didn't act that way, I would be like, am I not, like, hot right now? Like, I would be like, <laughs> I'd be like, why are you not acting, like, more possessive? Like, am I not hot? That's what Rory should have asked. Do you not think I'm, like, a catch? That's so funny. No, I hear where you're coming from. Because jealousy and moderation is flattering to me. And maybe I'm a psychopath for saying that, but I think jealousy and moderation is flattering. No, you're not. No, jealousy and moderation is definite. Of course it's flattering. Yeah, in moderation. In moderation. Like, you can't be like Dean. Exactly. We can all agree on that. I think what people appreciate about Logan's character is that when it came to the way that he treated Rory, it was like a nice, even combination of Jess and Dean. It was like, like Dean was so doting on her. Jess was way too relaxed. And then we got like the Goldilocks just right with Logan, who like allowed her the space and the freedom to be herself without abandoning her relationship. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of get that little bit of like jealousy that comes out of Logan that you might see in Dean, but not in a way that makes you go, 
ew, like Dean, because with Dean, we were all just yeah. like, please stop. <laughs> but with Logan, ew. with Logan, people appreciate it. And it's like, yeah, like, it's like, it's healthy. It's him realizing that his girlfriend is a, a catch and that it's probably not likely that an ex of hers just completely lost feelings and attraction towards yeah. her. And I, I think that that's fine. And also, we don't really see him like get like that again, because we never really see someone express interest in Rory outside of Jess. Yeah. And he's obviously not the super jealous type when like he's relaxed about Rory having a crush and stuff. Like yeah. it's not like he's like controlling and toxic. Totally. He just knew where that could have gone yeah. and where it probably would have gone, you know? And I feel like people give a lot of allowances to Jess in terms of his like traumatic past that like this is why he acts this way that it's very clear why Logan was acting the way he was he had just like come from a trip with his dad his girlfriend was also not being very supportive which like I fault Rory for a lot in this that like Logan is always more supportive of her than she ever is of him so I like get Mm -hmm. why that was his reaction but to that point when you were watching I guess the series how long did before you finished the series did the revival come out oh yeah two years two years so when you got to the revival and you watched it and you like your man Logan you love him like biggest fan ever and you saw what they did with his storyline what was your reaction to that like how how did you feel what part of your heart sank like did you love it like what happened um okay so I love I love the revival and I know that's like a really weird thing to say but I will take any crumbs thrown at me right like I really will I would take another revival I'll take anything thrown at me yeah I would tear it apart but watch it every day (laughs) I remember watching it and maybe this is gonna this is definitely gonna sound bad whatever I just never I just never saw Logan's relationship with Odette, Logan's engagement, as something romantic. Me neither. So, like, what I felt when I watched it was Rory, speak up and tell Logan you love him because he will end this engagement for you. That's my that Those were my honest feelings. Yeah. Whether that's correct or not, that's what I felt is, like, just tell him you love him because he obviously loves you and he obviously doesn't care about this woman and it's obviously you know, what is it? The dynastic plan yeah. or whatever. It's like a business arrangement. That's how it feels. Yeah. 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 But I hate saying that because it sounds so stupid. And, you know, people are always like, okay, well, whether it's a business arrangement or not, like, it, you know, he's being unloyal, but Rory's letting him do that. Like, I feel like if Rory had been like, I'm not okay with this. I love you. Yeah. It wouldn't have happened. Like, I completely agree with that. He would have dropped everything for her. Yeah. No doubt. That was the whole undertone of everything was that he loved her and was constantly willing to drop whatever he was doing to be there for her. And all she needed to say was drop everything forever and be with me. Yes. Do you think that she really wanted to be with him though? I think she never like stepped forward and said anything to that degree because she didn't want to be with him anymore. That she was just like, I'm lost. You were the last thing that loved me and I don't know how to be a person unless someone's loving me. And so she just kind of dragged him along until she didn't really need him anymore, almost. I have never, ever thought about that because in my mind, I love Logan. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, in my mind, I'm like, So I'm madly in love with Logan. He's madly in love with me. Logan plus Clara equals forever. Like, that's how my brain plays it out. (laughs) I've never thought about, like, 
Rory's true feelings towards him. And now I'm kind of like uncomfortable. Like I, because you're kind of right. Because like if you look at the way she like treats Paul, she has no real affection towards him. If you like look at the way that she's like approaching like journalism and like her dream since she was 16, she kind of doesn't want it anymore. And here's Logan, this thing that like has such an affection and adoration and a loyalty to her beyond like his fiance, who's like gonna show up for her wherever she asks, but she never asks for it because she just like doesn't want it anymore she doesn't want anything she's kind of just like apathetic about everything until like jess comes and tells her to write a book and then she's like all good to go again and just drops everything else in her life including logan no that's so true she that's kind of where it's hard to tell the differences because she is a very like apathetic character and like it's not like she expresses her emotions a lot so like she could very much be in love with Logan, be still in love with him, or have these strong feelings, or she could not. And it's really hard to tell with her because, honestly, she's pretty self-absorbed in the revival, too. Like, I feel like it's, like, a very big, you know, ego trip for her. And I don't know. I've never, I've legitimately (laughs) never asked myself that question. I know. It's sometimes, like, comforting to, like, think of it in those terms because I know they don't end up together. So I almost, like, have to, like, find reason within like the content in the show to like justify it and make myself feel better that like it was never going to happen for them no that makes a lot of sense side note I really want to bring this up because I really want to know what you guys think about this this is so random I've been seeing some weird random comments lately that say (laughs) I can't even say it out loud without laughing team marty oh my god the fact that team marty exists Even if you were to take season seven out of it, like even if you were to take the season seven of it all where he's with Lucy and he lies about it and like a lot of people love to use that as a reason not to like him. It was a terrible storyline. I still never, ever saw that as a prospect. I never saw Marty as a prospect. I never liked him at all. I've always thought he was a pick me guy. Yes. Okay. I will, in the only no sparkly heart to any of this, I feel this exact same way through all of season five, but the moment in season four in Ted Koppel's Big Night Out at the Yale-Harvard game, when Marty comes to the tailgate, he is very cute in this scene, I will say. He comes to this tailgate and he's like, hey, I came to find Rory. There's a party on the quad and I wanted to see if she wanted to come. If this hot man that I knew from freshman year of college came to my family's event and was like, hey, I want to bring you to this other thing. I came all the way from there to get you to bring you there. In that moment, I'm like, hmm, could I be Team Marty? Because he's just looking like I could climb him like a tree, you know, like very tall. Like, Marty's not a bad looking guy. Like it's a cute scenario. This moment only though, every other moment, I can't imagine it. But this moment in this one little box, like I could see it. Okay. You're both looking at me like, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, just cause like I, I, you're like, man, no, it's such an interesting moment to choose because it's, it's just And like, I love you for that. <laughs> but <laughs> I just see myself a freshman year being like, if he came over to your family's tailgate, this like hot man wanting to take you to a party, I could be a little team Marty for the party. Marty for the party. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Every other moment though in season five. No. I mean, the thing is like Marty was really there for her in a lot of ways. Like he was a good friend. But what I didn't love about Marty's character is I felt like there was always like a little ulterior motive there. I was like, are you only doing this so that she likes you? Yeah. You know? Oh my god, yeah. Hard to say. He's the, why do nice guys finish last, guys? Exactly. That's all Marty reminds me of. It's so gross. Exactly. It gives me the biggest ick ever. It's like, oh, like, woe is me. Like, 
oh my gosh, I'm so nice to this girl that the only reason I'm friends with her is apparently to get in her pants. And I feel so bad for myself. And obviously the weird stuff with Lucy, that's ultimate like gag reflex. Yeah, that was very ick. How'd you feel about Tristan? I could give it up for Tristan. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Couldn't we all? Is it because of Chad Michael Murray or is but it that's because the of thing. Tristan? We love Chad Michael Murray in this house. Yeah, Chad Michael Murray is so, so hot I know. that it's very hard. I, you know, I like Tristan. I didn't, I mean, I don't know. I don't feel like strongly one way or another. Yeah. Tristan felt like almost like a Jess Logan combo. Yes, you know, like 100%. The, he's got the like preppy little rich boy cute thing going for him but he's also got the like i'm damaged and like <laughs> mm-hmm. my family hates me thing. i need a therapist very badly totally yeah though in in our patreon rewatch i will say i like him less and less he feels like that guy who's like pulling on your pigtails who's like teaching girls that like he's mean to you so, so he must he like you. you yeah exactly <laughs> yeah and I'm like, meh. Yeah, I, my boyfriend and I are yeah. re-watching the show right now. Well, I'm re-watching. He's watching it for the first time. And he's just, like, so turned off by Tristan. And he's like, I know we love Chad Michael Murray, but, like, this guy sucks. And I was like, yeah, he kind of does suck. It is that pulling on your pigtails, oh, I'm I'm mean to you because I like you, that I just yeah. can't get on board with. It's tough because he's young. Yeah. I guess in his age appropriateness, if, like, we're applying to Logan that, like, in college, like, that's kind of like the way that like boys are that I I would say like Tristan yeah. is much of the same like in high school but like me being yeah. like almost 30 years old watching this high schooler interact with this teenage girl like this I'm like no absolutely yeah. not yeah. yeah speaking of boyfriends having opinions my husband said something to me the other day that is so bad when we were watching Gilmore Girls I made him watch it through all the way through every single episode for the first time a couple months ago did he like it oh yeah yeah, he's super into it. He, he. I mean, probably never going to be as into it as me, and I don't ever For want sure. him to be, obviously. <laughs> of course. But he liked it a lot. Um, He hates Lorelai. Really? My boyfriend kind of does, too. That was, like, one of his first takes was he was like, I don't really like Lorelai. And I was like, oh, no. And then he's, like, he's gone through phases where she grows on him. But then he, when everything went down with Max and Lorelai, he was like, I don't like her again. I don't like her. And I was like, oh, no. She's my favorite character. (laughs) What does he say about her? So Brad is Luke. My husband is Luke. I'm I'm like a mix of like Lorelai and Paris, like, like okay, which is really weird. But that's like who I am. I love that. Brad is Luke with the the little like emotional constipation, you know, likely to get a, a self help audio tape yes. to try to figure yeah. See an acts of service guy. Yes, huge acts of service guy. Huge, 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 huge. Like he literally is Luke. It's actually crazy, and he hates Lorelai because he he literally was like. See, like, she's always been, like, disloyal. She's always had, like, Christopher in, like, the back of her mind. Like, Ooh. yeah, he thinks Lorelai, like, treated Luke like shit. Oh, Ooh. hot take. And so, yeah, he's, like, very defensive over Luke because he is Luke and, like, is very angry at Lorelai for her decisions in her relationship with Luke. And I'm like, okay, well, Brad, like, Luke, like, hid, you know, these important things yeah. from her, didn't communicate these things. But because that's where his own faults are as a human being, not to shout out my <laughs> husband, but... <laughs> We're here to roast Brad. 
<laughs> because he also maybe has a hard time with like communication and like some of the things Luke has a hard time with. Right. I think that he really empathizes with Luke and so he really hates Lorelai oh. and like thinks she's like disloyal oh, and man. like yeah, but he loves Paris. Loves really? Paris. Yeah, that's his. He literally said the other day that Paris was the only reason he loves the show. He says that she's the main reason he wants to watch the show. She's the best character. Like, I mean, her character yeah. growth is amazing. She is such a fun character to watch. I love Paris. I feel like I get that on TikTok a lot. Is a lot of people are like, one of the main reasons I still watch the show is because of Paris. But I've never heard of someone just being like straight up like, I hate Lorelai. Here for Luke. Wow. No, it's so bad. I understand I though, because yeah, my boyfriend feels very similarly. He's like keeps going back and forth, and I'm curious to know where he lands by the end of the series because we're only in the middle of season two. Ooh. <laughs> it's gonna. It get, might get it worse. Might, yeah, I'm it very nervous. Better. It's gonna get worse. <laughs> but I will say, like of the characters, I, it's hardest for me to talk poorly about Lorelai and Luke. I mean, not Lorelai and Luke. Sorry, that was wrong. Lorelai and Logan. Because, like, Lorelai feels like mom. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. she's my mom growing up. Other than, like, my mom, who also, like, I grew up was with. Was your mom growing up? Yeah, who was also my mom. Yeah. And Logan is, like, my ultimate comfort pal character. Yeah. Of course. I love Lorelai. Yeah, I do too. I just, I don't argue about it with Brad because I just let him, you know, it's like, it's so exciting for me that he has such a strong opinion. Yeah, but (laughs) you keep that close to your heart. You don't want to deter him from having big feelings about it, but you're also like, maybe not these. Maybe these are the wrong big feelings. I also think like there's something to be said about loving a character and also being like, yeah, I understand why you feel that way. That's kind of how I am with Brad. Like, I love her. I love her so much. And like, I don't feel the same way, but like, feel your feels yeah I think that in like talking about it on TikTok and with this podcast subsequently is that I've started to be more like accepting of people and how they feel about the show and that like no sparkly heart you can feel however you want to but there still is this deep part inside of me where I'm like no 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 you're absolutely wrong (laughs) that is not the way to feel Mm -hmm. there's only one way to feel and it's how I feel about the show but like outwardly I'm like you know a lot more accepting of how people feel because it's a tv show but I love that we have this show that we love so much that we get so mad about like what a beautiful thing to be like oh we all love this show so much and we have different opinions about it and I'm mad that you don't feel the same way that I do because I love this show so much I just don't like it when someone like watches the show for like the first time and then like has these like really strong opinions about Mm -hmm. it and then like is like in your face about it and I'm kind of like I feel like you're not even allowed to have this opinion. <laughs> because we have watched it so many times that we've had the opportunity to like fall in love with different parts of this show yeah. and like know all of the nooks and crannies of it. So someone's hot take of it with fresh eyes is both a blessing and a curse. Like Brent notices a lot of things that I'm like, oh, I didn't even clock that or I didn't think of it that way. You know, like yeah. it brings a fresh perspective to it. Yeah. But then at the same time, like I didn't think of it that way and I didn't want to. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Or like if he doesn't know what's to come, he like has a hot take about something and I want to so badly be like, you're going to feel differently when you watch this episode. But I can't say that, you know, because you don't want to ruin someone's experience. I love that, though. I know. So we do want to close out with a fun little question where we want you to let us know if the world had ended and there was one character from Gilmore Girls with which you could now spend whatever time there is and the world being over. You were the last two people on Earth. Which character 
would you want to spend the end of the world with? Just the two of you. Oh my you. god, Logan, obviously. <laughs> I was like, no beats. She's, she's gonna say Logan. I was like, should I say you can't pick Logan? Okay. <laughs> so the reason that we decided to do this was because in our townies episode that we just did, like one of our questions was like, if you had to repopulate the earth with one of the townies, townies, who would it be? So it was hard for both of us because it was townies and it wasn't like just Logan. Because that would have been 100%. It would have been Logan. If you had to pick a townie, who would it be? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do. Jackson. Jackson. Oh my god, you guys could grow vegetables. Yeah. Yeah, he would help you var- oh harvest vegetables. Wow, that's a smart one, Clara. That. that is a good There are answer. a lot of layers to yeah. that. I, I, I'm not like a super Jackson fan, but like, I could do like the teddy bear. Like, yeah. I could, you know, I, he kind of reminds me of uh, Jason Siegel and How I Met Your Mother. Yes. Have you guys yeah. seen How I Met Your Mother? Totally. Yeah. I, I could see that. You know, I could do it. I could take one for the team. You know, it also could just be you guys being pals, growing veggies in the end of the world. Yeah, you don't have to, you yeah. know, you don't have to get down with this person, but like, yeah. you know, you don't have to get it on with them, but like. <laughs> Make like 15 babies. I, I picked the town troubadour because I was like, well, we could like have a silly goose time together. Like he could like play music for me. Okay. But then, you know, like if I was really, you know, horny, then I could consider it. I would think about it. <laughs> the town troubadour is not entirely ugly. I'm just no, he's not, he's not terrible to look at. So that's why I was like, mm, yeah, I, yeah. Can, I can get down. Also, if you're yeah. the last two people, after a while. After a while, everybody looks appealing. You know? You're the hottest person on earth, other than myself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah after a while, Taylor would look appealing. Yeah? <laughs> yeah? You know? You think so? No, be maybe. the ice cream queen in the you end of the world. You picked him. You I picked him, so I think on some level, you agree. I picked him for his leadership skills, please. Yes, you did, <laughs> which was interesting, because I don't know that you picked anybody for their, like, sex appeal. I'm not ty- entirely unattracted to Tom, the contractor. Same. I love Tom, the contractor. I will die on that hill. <laughs> the way you guys feel about Logan is how I feel about Tom, the contractor. He can do no, 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 no wrong. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't even know that it was, like, legal for me to be able to, like, watch things out of order until you guys talked about it. I know this really? sounds so weird. Yeah, I have been re-watching the show from start to finish. Wow. For years. Mm-hmm. Because I thought, I thought that if I like what did which I am now, I just start, I just finished the show like start to finish, and then I went to season five. Yeah. Instead of starting over, and I'm like, wow, this is awesome. Yeah. Like I always felt like no I had rules. to like earn the later seasons. No. I will say sometimes I will like keep Logan seasons from myself to like almost like make myself more excited for them so I will like go mm-hmm. through a period of time of like watching season four or like right now we're like rewatching on Patreon yeah just to like have something like exciting to look forward to like a burst of dopamine in my future <laughs> in the form of Logan yeah Hansberger. that's true stockpiling well, Clara, we're so glad that you were here. This was so much fun to like have a third perspective. Not that it's ever boring between me and Haley, but it's so <laughs> I love like a spicy hot take. This is amazing. Thank you guys. Honestly, this is like the most fun I've had in forever. Oh, that makes me so happy. <laughs> Just being able to talk Gilmore Girls. We'll have to have you back. I'm honored. Super honored. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.